Welcome to the Kevin and Philip Project, a podcast with two guys who love to eat, travel, talk sports, and have no idea how to raise teenage girls. Coming to you live from Salina, Kansas. Here are your hosts, Kevin and Philip. Thanks for listening to us. Here we are, season two, episode number three. This is going to be a fun one for me. Phil's looking at me right now. Um, We're going to get into some football here in a little bit, but uh, we're enjoying a beautiful evening on the patio of Vandy's at Great Life. We've talked about this before, but if you haven't been out here, you need to come check it out. This is a beautiful night. Sitting here watching people tee off while we're doing the podcast. Apologize for the background noise. It is a little bit loud in here. Probably going to get a little bit louder as some of the guys come off the course. But uh, $2 beers at uh, at Vandy's on Tuesday nights. Philip, you got your usual Michelob Ultra. Yep. Beer-flavored water. You got my uh, Beat Texas t-shirt on with Barry Switzer wearing oh, that. Oh, Barry. Looks good. I'm going with the Coors Light tonight, so not much, not much uh, better than a Michelob. Well, there's Ultra. not a lot of uh, wild flavors out here. They don't have a brewery or anything like that. They do have a great bunch of people, and if you've never came out here, you need to come out and just sit around. There's a lot of uh, good conversation out here from everything from football to what's going on in the town of Salina, the school systems, the the working situations in town, just many things get discussed out here on this patio. And if uh, if we just have our city council meetings out here, I think we could fix a lot of things in the city of Salina. <laughs> we have more than a, a couple show up. Yeah, we've got a, sure. we've got pretty good a uh, pretty good amount of people out here that have a lot of opinions and a lot of fun place to hang out. And uh, we're we're sitting outside, like you said, tonight. It's a beautiful night. Indoors is wonderful, so I think we'll do this um, pretty much yep. all winter. Watching baseball right now on the yep. big screen TVs out here. Yeah, we'll get into that in a couple weeks. Yeah. I think they'll yep. still be in the playoffs. Well, so I'll get into pretty it good. just a tiny bit tonight because we are up one nothing on the mighty Tampa Bay Devil Rays. But yep. anyway, we'll get into that in a minute. Well, first off, before we get kick, get this uh, episode kicked off, we want to thank our sponsor, Rustin Leonard at Thrivent Financial. You guys have heard us talk about him multiple times. Uh, he's He's agreed to be a sponsor for us again this year. If you're not familiar with Thrivent, they help its members be money-wise by offering guidance on sharing, saving, and spending. Thrivent, a non-for-profit membership organization that serves Christians, has helped its members protect their families and make money-wise decisions for more than 100 years. If you're looking for some financial advice, give them a call at 785-822-0653. You can go to our website as well or our Facebook page, and you're going to see links to the sites there. We've got some great Thrivent swag here to give away. If you guys ever will start advertising where we're going to be, when we're going to do these, and you want to stop by, I've got T-shirts, I've got cups, I've got flashlights. We've got all kinds of swag for you. So uh, feel free to come by when we're recording. And and like I always say, if you got something uh, smart or Something good you want to bring to the podcast and get on the mic? More than happy to have We've you on here. We've got some smart ones standing around here, and there's a lot of people wearing purple out here. Want to get right into that? Do you? Would you like to get let's, right into let's, that let's, first? Let's hold off on that for a second. Let's talk about. Well, I'm the, just a little uh, bit pissed off, so I'd like to get right into <laughs> it. But what do you want to talk about first? Let, so we talked about this two weeks ago. So uh, when we recorded, Phil and I were going to play in golf tournament number two yes. together in in a month. I got potentially it. one of the best days I've ever seen Kevin play golf. And hopefully he will say potentially one of the worst days he's ever seen me play golf. I felt pretty good about my game that really day. Good. I'm not going to lie. Really good. I got to tell a story, though. We're on the number one tee box. And on this tee box, one of your teammates has to hit with a driver. One has to hit with, I th- believe it was a seven iron. Yep. One has to hit with a pitching wedge. And one has to hit with a putter. Well, two of us on the team had Scotty Cameron putters, so neither of us were going to tee off with our putter that we had in our bag. So Phil has an old uh, kind of a mallet style. It, it looks like the, the putters you would get at putt-putt. So he, he took one for the team and decided he was going to be the one to tee off with the putter. Takes his backswing, comes through, hits the ball. The end of the putter goes flying farther than the ball, into the pond to our left. 
And then shortly thereafter, the shaft of the club also ended up in that pond. Yeah, I gave it the shaft. So after all of that, we had a good laugh. So we go around, and we're making the turn onto 10. We had to take a team picture, and there's a putting contest there. And in this putting contest, it's probably, what, 40-foot putt? 40-foot putt yep. over a ridge and around a corner. And so I told Phil, I said, hey, when I make this putt. Roughly 132 people have putted this day is what we're going to say. Pro- and, around 120, 130 And at, at this point, three people three have people made people the putt. Three people have made it. And so if you make the putt, you're entered into a drawing for a putter. So I tell Phil, hey, when I make this putt, I will, and I put my name in the drawing. If I win the putter, I will give that putter to you to replace the putter that you broke. Walked up there, didn't even look at it, hit the ball, bullseye. Drained it. Unfortunately, I did not win the drawing. So now, if, if anybody five, has a putter, five Phil's out of 130 people make the putt. Kevin's one of the five. One of the most impressive things of the day is they had a long drive contest, and Kevin, uh, not commonly known as the super long driver and there were a lot of young good guys he nuts one and uh misses the long drive by about three steps and i said we could cheat easily cheat <laughs> but he chose not to come in second probably on the long drive contest and and i've never been in the running for a long drive contest but <laughs> what really pissed me off about that situation and i don't know if you heard the guy i think you probably did because we we're all standing there he's pretty loud but the guy who beat me said that the, his drive actually bounced off of the roof of the golf cart that uh, the team that was in front of them. So that's how I got beat on the long drive contest. Is so in default, he actually won a long drive contest. I feel pretty – it was a good drive. <laughs> so, all right. One other thing I was going to uh, mention. On my way here today, I heard the sad news. Eddie Van Halen passed away from cancer at the age of 65 – I would say Eddie was lucky to make it past 50. Greatest guitar player probably in the history. When I was in high school in 88, 87, 86, when I was in high school, my, uh, one of my good friends, is in, he's in the music industry still, still to this day, named Jody Chambers in Nashville. His, his uh, driving man was Eddie Van Halen. Loved him. Wow. He's never been a great guitar yep. player, but he loved singing, you know. And um, um, as soon as I uh, heard Eddie Van Halen died, I thought, I bet Jody is heartbroke right now. I will tell you this. Along with many other people. So let me ask you this question. Are you a Van Halen or a Van Hagar guy? I'm a Van Halen. I was never a Sammy Hagar guy. Um, He came in and filled in, but was never... So this is a generational thing because I'm a Van Hagar guy. I love Sammy Van Hagar. Um, Don't get me wrong. I like David Lee Roth. I I was with the – when I was in high school, say, 85, I don't know what year Van Halen actually started, but it probably would have been the original Van Halen when I was in high school. Right. And so Sammy came probably early 90s, um, about that time, 89, 90. So when I was in high school, 95, 96, junior, senior year – Van Halen Live with Sammy Van Hagar, disc number two, was a staple in my CD player in my car. Love, love, love that that album. What was your favorite song on that album? Man, I, I, I knew you were going to ask me that question. If I would say, I mean, Right Now is a great song. It gets I listened to it when I was younger right and played sports as, as a, a song to pump you up. Yep. One Way to Rock was one of my favorite ones, but, uh, yeah, Many of sad those, day. Hey, you go to a ball game right now, you'll still get some of that played in the background, you know. You'll, yep. you'll hear a yep. lot of Van Halen at, at, at baseball, basketball, football. No, and that's probably one of the reasons why I like right now so much is because Bill Snyder, for, for those of you that are not K-State fans, when he was coaching, he had a playlist that they would play during the pregame warm-ups and everything and it was a bunch of 80s maybe getting into some early 90s music but right now was always one of those songs and uh there's certain songs that i hear and it just takes me back to sitting in that stadium when i was younger watching those guys warm up getting ready to go and right now is definitely one of those songs would you agree dan right now right now bill snyder over the speakers during warm-ups. All the time. All the time. Eddie Van Halen is definitely going to be missed. Definitely one of the best. Uh, you know, like best. I said, living to be 65, 
he was probably fortunate because I bet Eddie Van Halen did a little bit of everything in his life. Oh yeah, and I'm not talking about good things. No, no. He's had a he had a wild ride. Yep, wild fun ride. Yep, it's amazing some of those guys when you look at the '80s, and it's probably every decade of music '80s, '90s, and all that kind of stuff. That uh, it's amazing what some of those guys end up dying of. So. Well, hey, let's get to the story of the week, Phil. You got a story of the week you want to go for? I am really not a story of the week. This is, you know, I'm, I'm two losses in the last two weeks in a row. But still yet for an Oklahoma boy and uh, growing up an Oklahoma fan, um, the OU Texas is the big game of the year for us. Uh, no matter what everybody else's rivalry is, I think Oklahoma Texas always been the number one rivalry. And this year we didn't even consider going to the fairgrounds this year because uh, there's no fair. You know, Oklahoma canceled their fair. Kansas canceled their fair. uh, Texas, naturally, has canceled their fair. So it's a different deal. I mean, when you went down there, now it's always an 11 o'clock game because I think they want to get everybody out of there. But some of the funner games that I've gone to in my life has been OU Texas in Dallas. Been about four times. Just just one of the funnest weeks of the year. And uh, I'm curious to see what happens this week. Uh, Both teams... At this point, I feel we overrated, and not just we. I'm talking about all media has overrated. Yep. But still, when it comes down to this game, it comes down to recruiting and, and the fun of it and the family atmosphere. I read stories this week where some people had said they've been for like 58 straight years, and this will be the first year they won't get to go to it because of the yep. of the COVID pandemic. But, but in the end... It's a different deal, but it's a it is the fun week of the year, and uh, probably uh, probably my funnest year uh, every year of the fun. And also in Oklahoma small school baseball, um, this is always the weekend of the state championship, Oklahoma Texas game. <laughs> so I never got to go to an Oklahoma Texas game until I graduated high school. Yep. Went the year after I graduated for the first time, the first one I ever went to, because we were always playing baseball. Um, I hate to mention this, but we were in the state finals on that Saturday every year, and we'd have to listen to the scores come over the highlights. So, so for me, shout out big, to Asher, big fun weekend. Always been a big and and congratulations, to Asher. They're back in the state cha- state tournament again this year. So great for them. I don't know if they'll win it or not, but they've you know you're there. You got there. Well, I had an interesting experience this weekend. Uh, one of our loyal listeners, Tanner, who is actually here with us tonight. I, I watched an OU game with him. He's a big OU fan. That was an experience. I'm going to see if I can get his wife. She's got a video of him after the K, K-State OU game last year. I'll see if I can get her to uh, share that with the world. But uh, that's an experience. But he was telling me he's been to some OU Texas games down the Cotton Bowl and was telling me the same thing. So I'm going to have to I'm going to have to make it down there here pretty soon with you it's, guys. It's an unusual uh game and I think it it rivals probably Michigan Ohio State. Um the uh cocktail party down in the SEC yep. were um who played Florida I don't Florida Georgia. Yep. And, um and then but the, but the unusual thing about the Oklahoma Texas game is it's always played on a neutral site, been right. played on a neutral site for 70 80 years, always at the Cotton Bowl and uh it's what makes it fun because right. it's 50% of the fans are on one end and 50% of the fans on the other end. And you cuss and holler at each other before the game and the night before and the and afterwards. You go have a beer with them. Well, no. When nope. it's over, when it's over the uh, whoever wins, and I've been fortunate enough to every time I've gone, we've won. But the Texas people leave, leave immediately. Or out of out of the fairgrounds, and so it's just an Oklahoma fair, Oklahoma, basically an Oklahoma State fair. But I am quite sure when Oklahoma loses, they get the hell out of there too. So, well, I would tell you that uh, I love the beginning of the game. There's something about seeing that stadium when you got that 50 yard line, and yep. half of it's burnt orange and half of it's crimson. Yep. and seeing that picture overhead is just a cool sight. You know, one of my favorite stories, Switzer tells some great stories in his book, and he said that one time he was with the President of the United States came to the game. This is in the 70s, so it wasn't as it was before it was uh, Gerald Ford. Gerald Ford came to the game and walked out on the field with Switzer, Gerald Ford, and um, the guy that the stadium's named after in Texas now, uh, the old, Royal. old quarterback. Uh, Daryl Royal. Daryl Royal. Uh, so... Um, 
he says they come walking out onto the field to be announced and flip the coin or whatever, and he says some OU fan, drunk Cooter Brown, stands up and hollers, hey, who's those two assholes with Switzer? <laughs> and Switzer said that he nearly crawled underneath because he said, I'm standing next to the President of the United States, and some nut from OU hollers <laughs> that out. So another one of his funny stories. But yep. but that's just part of the lore of it. Uh, yep. It's it's uh, it's just one of the funner weekends of the year, and so we'll get into some predictions here before we get. I'm on almost that game. done with predicting. Oh come on, almost. So, all right. Well, hey, my story of the week is going to be short and sweet. Um, I, I saw an interesting article the other day that uh, I wanted to bring up, but uh, last week in Ireland. Their Supreme Court in Ireland ruled that the bread Subway uses for sandwiches cannot be legally defined as bread because it contains too much sugar. I say that because I hear people talking about, obviously, you know, the whole Jared thing was 15, 20 years ago, losing weight and all that kind of stuff. It's sugar content at Subway in their bread is 10% of the weight of flour that's used to make the dough. So there's a whole thing Is this with, in America as well? It's it's made the same. Yeah. But it has to do with some VAT taxes, value added tax, some stuff that I won't get into from Europe standpoint, but in Europe for it to legally be bread, it needs to be 2% or less sugar to flour weight ratio in order for it to be legally defined as bread. So this isn't 4%. This isn't 6%. This is 10% of its weight. <laughs> So I thought that was interesting. Think about that next time you go to Subway and have a sandwich and uh, think about what you're eating. So one other thing I wanted to, to, to mention here before we get started into sports, I saw a funny tweet just the other – I think it was yesterday. I got to mention. So I saw a tweet, and you're, we're both going to enjoy this one, but it said, with a single motorcade trip, Trump managed to get the far left to care – about the safety of law enforcement again. Yes. <laughs> Wasn't that nice of them? I thought that was pretty funny. So, hey, one other thing, I, I keep saying one other thing, but one other thing I did want to bring up is we talked two weeks ago about a lot about schools and what's going on there. We talked about a friend of mutual friend of ours that was meeting with the school board trying to get some things done. And I just want to bring up the fact that she has now started a petition. And, and I know Lisa was involved in this, and my wife was doing some proofreading stuff on it, but uh, there is now a petition going around in town for you to sign to try to get your kids back in school full-time. So if anybody out there listening to us wants their kid back full-time, has not seen or signed this petition, let us know. We'll make it happen for you. Uh, on uh, the 29th of uh, September, the school board met and decided they would continue with the two-day-a-week school. Right. Um, They're doing that every two weeks. Yes. And so at, at that time, um, and the number of COVID cases in Saline County were up this past weekend. So I don't know that they'll change their mind anytime soon. I think, we're, we're, I think we'll go through the holidays with this. Yep. Um, so you might as well just get used to that, whether the kids like it or not. I don't know if they do. I mean, my kids want to be in school. But when I know, left to come decision. here tonight. We had a little situation at my house because my daughter was doing a math test. And she had a question she didn't know the answer to. So she had called me over to help. And it sucks because on my way here, I do remember the lesson when I was in school. And I probably could have helped her more. But she was so frustrated because she was taking a test on something that she has not had a lesson for in class. She has no idea how to solve the problem because they right. haven't talked about it in class. Why are you giving a kid a test when you haven't talked about the lesson in class? I don't. That doesn't make any sense to me. I don't know if the teacher just gets ahead of herself because they don't know who has seen it and who hasn't seen it. I think that's a yeah. I think that's a um, legit. So it's, a, it's, a, it's the thing we said last week. We are never going to blast a teacher because they've got it tougher than yep. uh, ever before. Yep. And who would want to try to figure all this out? Um, but, the, you know, my kids, uh, I, I said this a couple of weeks ago, when Hal working with calculus, trying to get mom and dad to help yep. him with calculus, hey, it's a lost cause. I yep. cannot help him with calculus. <laughs> the answer was from the schools, get him a tutor. Well, I'm not real sure if uh, Joe, I don't know if Joe can come out. And be, <laughs> it's just awesome having you folks here tonight. It's, it's very inspirational. 
whole crowd. There's two or three hundred people listening to this podcast. Well, I don't think I don't think most of them know what a podcast is, yeah. so we're gonna have to help them out with that. So hey, let's let's start talking about some football. Football. Who plays football this year? I, 2020, I heard that we had canceled the season. And so uh, uh, apparently Oklahoma has figured that we have canceled the season. That's what I'm, I'm going to say. So let, let's start. Everybody out there, our loyal listeners, know what's going on. They want me to give Phil the riot act on this. Yes, K-State did beat Oklahoma two weeks ago. I will say this before we get into the conversation. I'm going to be nice to Phil because of the fact, I've known Phil long enough to know this, he will root for K-State when it does not affect OU one way or the other. As a so, of fact, I even sometimes want to beat an Oklahoma team. Well, there you go. So, so I can't be too hard on him because he will. he's not a guy who would not root for K-State. He, he, I have seen him root for K-State with my own two eyes. But we've lived here now for uh, – going on 15 years, and uh, in the 15 years' time, I've been with a, uh, a person with the last name of O'Hara twice now. Took, uh, took Allie and Lonnie oh, down gonna, a few years back, <laughs> and, uh, and they, uh, they beat her butt at Oklahoma. Uh, this has been uh, with Stoops was still coaching, you know, yep. the, the year that they beat us at Oklahoma. Um, now, to this point, Lincoln Riley's 2-2 two and two against uh, K-State. Two and two. He's 0 and 2 against Chris Kleiman. Now there's two. Uh, that's two more wins than Mike Gundy's won against. O- I mean, that's one more win than Mike Gundy's won against Oklahoma in his career. So uh, here's not, not to knock them or anything, but it, but it is you know for us we say hey our one of a couple of our big wins of the year we'd like to win we'd like to win the K State game because we live here yep. and we brag on Oklahoma. We like to win the Texas game because it's our number one rivalry. Two of the last four years, that has not ha- – well, two years in a row now that hasn't happened. And uh, this year might have been more frustrating than last year in my eyes. Uh, very frustrated at the way that um, our defense has played. Yep. Well, here's, here's what I want to do, Phil. I'm going to let you rant here in a few minutes. Just about OU in general because I know you have some thoughts you want to get out. Before we do that, Oh, we have a couple ladies in some OU gear that just showed up. Before we get to that, let's let's talk about the game. I got a couple questions for you. Hindsight's twenty twenty. I get that. I don't want to know what you think about it now. I want I want to know what you thought about it at the time. Three and a half minutes left. One timeout left. OU's got a fourth down. And it wasn't. I mean, it was in their territory. I don't. I don't think it was close to the fifty-yard line. But with as bad as the defense has, had played in the second half of that game, and as potent of an offense as you'd think a Lincoln Riley team would have, what do you think about his decision to punt at that point? Uh, we went wild on our, all of our uh, texts to each other, and we said, "Why in the world would he punt yep. here?" Yep. Now, shocking to me. That we went three and out after he punted, um, which made it feel a little better three minutes later. But at the moment that it happened, I would tell you that every one of my Oklahoma friends that text me during the games and Mark McDaniel and some of these guys that call me and text and everything say, what in the hell is going on? What has happened to Lincoln Riley that – and I'll get into this a little bit more, but he literally – has lost faith in his own offense. I agree, and uh, I'd never see. I never thought he would even it, consider it, punting. It, it, and it, it, was, it comes down to here. He is in the, in the last few years. You're running. Your your quarterbacks have guys. Behind, you have an offensive line that's just unbelievable for the last four to five years. Unbelievable offensive line. You need one or two yards. Just go get it. Yep. Uh, we thought, and we talked about this in the first week that we talked about Big 12 football, was one of Oklahoma's strengths was going to be their offensive line. It literally has been one of their weaknesses. Yep. It's been not very good, very inconsistent, good at times, bad at other times, but very inconsistent. Now, the next thing that's, that you look at, you'll go, this time last year we were averaging six yards a carry from our running backs. Now, when you start looking at running backs out right now, we have one on suspension yeah. one that should have been a starter, yep. one opted out, 
right. then Sermon transfers to right. Ohio State. So you have three running backs yep. that are out now. Which was a question I asked you about before the yeah. before and, we started and, the season. And, and what did I tell you? They'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Now I'm not going to say I wouldn't. I'd say that the freshman running backs in the Big Twelve right now, the best running back in the Big Twelve as a freshman is K State's running back. He's unbelievable. Deuce. We'll get we'll get into that in a minute. But Seth McGowan has probably been one of our better offensive players. But we're averaging 3.6 yards a carry, or this time last year we were averaging six yards. Of course, we were setting records in the last two or three years for offensive plays, averaging eight to nine yards a play. It's not happening this year. And then you put pressure on a freshman quarterback yep. who's in his first ever Big 12 game, and you've got guys that can't catch footballs, drop footballs, offensive line can't do anything. And to tell you the truth, I think one of our best players so far, I've got text that says from people that aren't Oklahoma fans, just people in general, Richie Waltman, different guys like yeah. different guys. <laughs> He's not here That tonight. have said things like, man, Rattler sucks. I'm going to tell you right now, I think he's been one of our best players. Yeah. I think he's not bad at all. I, I, You know, Rattler's an interesting situation. I mean, you've got the whole, the whole QB1 thing that was on Netflix, and I'm going to tell you right now, I have a hard time rooting for the guy after watching that show. But be that as do it may. Not put, do not put a, a camera oh, in front of a high school kid's face. Absolutely not. Absolutely it's stupid, not. It's stupid to even begin with. That's been two and a half years ago since that happened. And you cannot give a 17-year-old that kind of fame and expect him to stay humble. Now, I watched personally with my eyes him try to get someone at a halftime. At least I had broken her leg last year. We were down to Oklahoma game. He was red-shirting last year. We went down into where they run through the tunnel, going back in at halftime. People were stopping trying to get his autograph. He's not even playing yet. Jalen Hurts is the starting quarterback. He's not even playing yet. And people were trying to stop him to get his to get his autograph. He's not even taking a snap yet for the university. Yep. That is way too much pressure, way too much attention, everything. A whole nine yards. I was really surprised to your point with the offensive line how well K-State got to the quarterback in the second half. Particularly after so, watching the week before whenever K-State couldn't even get correct. to Arkansas State's quarterback. So that's what was very Oh, it was. I, I can understand that. Well, my, simply, simply shocking. My, my question to you is, when you look at Hurts and at least the last couple of OU quarterbacks, and this is watching one, well, two games now, to me... Rattler doesn't have the running the the potential to run he like some of the previous he, quarterbacks. No, he does. Well, when you're comparing that to last year, we got so frustrated because Jalen Hurts ran the ball more than the running backs right. did. Okay. The year prior to that, you had Kyler Murray. Who right. Look what he does to the right. NFL. Absolutely. Baker didn't run like that, but right. Baker would scramble. Right. But so no, you compare him to Jalen Hurts and you compare him to Kyler Murray. You're comparing him to two guys that are in the NFL, and he's a freshman in college. Right. And those two guys had NFL-caliber wide receivers. Yep. We do not have right. NFL-caliber wide right. receivers right now. Maybe Rambo could step up. I don't know. I do think Stogner, who's the tight end, could be the next Mark Andrews. He's really good. Uh, but, hey, I am not disappointed in our offense at all. Here, here he goes, first game of the year, Rattler, 14 for 17, 290 yards and four touchdowns. He goes to the K-State game, 30 for 41. Now, remember this, in the first half, at one time he was yes. 22 for 24. And the two and incompletes the two, were interceptions. And they were not yep. interceptions that were necessarily his fault. Correct. They were tipped balls. So he was unbelievable in the first half. Now he goes on from there and goes 8 for 16 or something like that and throws a game, yep. game ending. But – Still, for him. So, But he threw four touchdowns in the K-State game. At one point in the K-State game, we have a 21-point lead. Yep. There's no reason in the world an Oklahoma team with a 21-point lead, I don't care if you're playing Alabama, you should not lose the ball game. But here's where we're going to go. I am so – and I'm, I'm going to just join in with everybody in Oklahoma that we have – we've sugar-coated for five or six years. We've sugarcoated the, the fact that the defense because of the hey, quarterback. Yep, I, we we can we lost we beat if you remember this. I don't know if you ever watched it. We we won a game with Baker when Baker was a senior, sixty three to fifty six against Patrick Mahomes when he was out there lighting it up at Texas Tech. You know what we did the next day? 
Oh, my God, how great was Baker. You know, wonderful. And everybody just goes, but you got a W the next day, so you don't care. You don't really probably concentrate on how bad your defense was because you're just so happy that you won. But if you're a defensive coordinator or a defensive somebody or anybody at the University of Oklahoma, you should have started working on defense five and six years ago and not got to the point where we are now that now our offense, young and inexperienced, cannot make up for the faults of our defense. Yep. Yep. And our defense is terrible. And it's not necessarily the line, which I'm not going to say they do well because they, they all tackle terrible. But our defensive backs are so incredibly bad. Yep. Um, no, and, and, I, and undersized. And I, I saw a tweet, and I have this in my notes, exactly that, that Riley's failure to field a good defense at OU, given the resources that he has available to him, has been overshadowed by his Heisman factory, if you will, right, at right. quarterback while he's been there. And it's going to get some more attention now. So. Now, that's, that's where I'm going to tell you that any of these people that call and tell me that Rattler's not good, I'm going to tell you that within the next two years, Rattler will be in talks of winning a No Heisman. doubt. No doubt. I think he's really special. He's good. He's great. I mean, th- like I said, at the end of the day against K-State, he went 30 for 41, four touchdowns, three interceptions. As a freshman in his first game ever, two of the interceptions don't even count. The last one was ugly. Yep. And you know what? Pressure pack. Now, would you think, let's move a week forward and think, can he do this again? He did the exact same thing. Yep. Threw into two, threw into a terrible defense. Threw into two guys against one. This week he's twenty-five for thirty-six with another three hundred yards, two touchdowns, and the one interception to end the game. Right. You tell me. I think he actually played well. Yeah. And and I will. One stat I saw on this, and this was before. This was after the K State game, so this does not include the Iowa State game. But one of the stats I saw was really telling to me with Rattler, and he, and again, keep in mind this is a freshman quarterback. But when he released in his first road start this right, past weekend, ever. when he releases the ball within two and a half seconds from the snap, he has an eighty-six percent completion rate. So his first option is open, snaps the ball out, catches him, good with no intercept. 86 percent completion rate with no interceptions. If he holds the ball for more than two and a half seconds, when he is typically improvising at that point or, or going through his progressions, his passer rating dips 16 points, 17% lower completion percentage, and all of his interceptions have been when he holds the ball for more than two and a half seconds. And let me tell you a story. on. You can finish that up in a second. But I'm going to tell you the difference between him and the three before him, which I think Riley will work this out, is they got gone. Yep. They ran. Yep. They went and picked up. I agree. He and that was my reason for that question right. earlier. He need he he should he should tuck that sucker in because he can run. Yep. He just hasn't done it yet. Right. I I, I tell you this in the K State game is probably the most visible I've seen someone shook up. K State's defense completely mm-hmm. scared him to death in the fourth quarter. Yep. Yep. He, he he started panicking. You could see panic in every one of their faces. They just fell into a panic. And yep. uh, th- for me, I am not that upset with our offense. I think it'll come around and probably be a pretty decent offense. But I'm troubled with the defense. I don't think it's any better than it was a year ago. I don't yep. think it's any better than it was two years ago whenever Stokes got fired after the Texas game. Remember two years ago yep. they fired Stoops' ass right after the game. Um, I don't think we're any better than we were at that point. Um, we still have undersized defensive backs. Iowa State's wide receivers are six three and taller. That that one yeah. kid, uh, that that Clark Kohler kid, he wore out. Yes. Now he's six four, and just as athletic as anybody on the field, and will play in the NFL. He's yep. good. You cannot run a six four wide receiver up against a five ten defensive back and expect right. any other results than what and, you saw. And when I was at Tanner's house, we were talking about this. Literally, you watch that game. Literally every. I won't say every pass, but 80% of the passes that Purdy threw in that game, he just threw them up for grabs. Right. There was – the receiver was not open. He wasn't hitting him on a route. He literally just threw the ball up for grabs and expected his bigger, taller he receiver he's, tight end he's not to a, jump He's higher. not accurate yeah. at all. I'm going to tell you something. He's so fortunate that he wasn't playing Alabama that day. Three times, three times he hit uh, our defensive backs in the hands. 
hit him in the hands, yep. and we dropped and him. dropped it. Yep. We dropped him. Yep. One time in the end zone, our guy could have intercepted it, and he swats it down. So those those defensive backs are just – you know, I tell Lisa all the time, I go, these are, these are 18, 19, 20-year-old kids, so very hard to just completely blast them. But I feel sorry for number 44, Bradley Riles. He's had a tough week on social media. He was getting ripped the minute it was over. Dean Blevins is an old OU quarterback. That's Dean Blevins is, and, and if you're not in Oklahoma, you wouldn't know this, but he, he's been Channel 9 News for 40 years, was the quarterback at Oklahoma, sort of the media, uh, media face of Oklahoma in, in some ways. But even after the game, he's, he tweets, got to do something about number 44. Yep. Now, I'm going to tell you something. If you go to the University of Oklahoma and you wear number 44 – you better be better than Bradley Riles because there's an old man named Bosworth. You swear that. <laughs> I mean, that's. I, I wonder sometimes if he thinks get that jersey yeah. off that guy. Yeah. Time, time to change the number. But anyway, so. I you know to end it, and of course I'm upset, but but here we go. The truth is, Oklahoma fans are spoiled, horribly spoiled. Whenever we got lost in Ames, Iowa, this week. The last time we lost the names Iowa, my mom is 73. We'll be 74 years old this year. The last time we lost the names Iowa, my mom was in the eighth grade, 1960. Mom was in the eighth grade. Um, so pretty good run. Yep. Um, the last time we lost back-to-back regular season games, 1999. So are you spoiled a little bit? And you know what? That's, that's what you want to be. Yep. Uh, and, and then we're going to go into That's the a good Texas, problem to have. Well, we're, we're going to go into the Texas game this weekend, only the third time in the last two decades that we're going to enter the game after a loss. Uh, and I, I didn't look this number up. Texas also lost this weekend. So coming into the OU-Texas game with both teams losing, I bet it hasn't happened twice in the last 50 years, both teams losing going oh. into that game. Well, I'm going to get into that here in a few minutes. I got one other question for you on the K-State OU game. I want to talk about K-State for a few minutes, and we'll get into some general Big 12 stuff. But one of the play calls – thank you, sir. Another round just shows up. So one of the interesting play calls – I want to get your take on this. So K-State scores, and they're down 35-34, to 34, four minutes left in the game. Yep. And Kleiman runs out. Lines up to go for two. Yep. What were you thinking at that point? Do you remember what you were thinking when, when you saw that? Oh, I thought it's over because I thought they already had us on our heels the whole time. I thought we, it's, it's over. There, it's, it's an easy two-point conversion. It's an interesting play call. Obviously, an aggressive person is like, I love it. Go for the win against Oklahoma, right? Right. right. Um. Most people would tell you, you kick the extra point, you play for overtime. Obviously, things transpired to where that wasn't the case. But what was interesting was they asked Kleiman about that call, and he didn't really give up too much information. But people started talking about, and and I'm not a football strategist, but they were like a couple of reasons I think maybe he would have gone for that and, and never really intended to do so. Number one, to see if OU, how OU lined up in that scenario. So if later in the game they had to do that for the win, yep. you kind of have an idea of what they were going to come out with. Interesting concept. One of them was, hey, you know, we've got a, for the most part, young offense. We're in this game. Give them a little confidence. Say, hey, I believe in you guys. You guys are going to go out and get this. You know, the other one that's interesting to me is, get OU to burn their last time out if they're not ready for that because obviously they're going to get the ball. and So there's a lot of reasons as I sat and thought about it to do that. Right. Oh, we got a penalty, backed it up, kicked the extra point. No big and he deal, intended but. to do that to begin with. Right. My, I, I like that. I like the way he did that, but I'm going to say something that was probably more showing to me than anything in a 0-0 uh, zero to zero ball game against Iowa State. We come out and we drive the field make a 37-yard pass, run a couple of 10-yard runs, make another 15-yard pass, get down to the one-yard line. Don't make it two times from the one-yard line on two runs. In my mind, in the last, as far back as I can remember in Oklahoma, when from the one-yard line did we just kick a field goal? In the beginning of a game. Yep. So we went up 3 to nothing on Iowa State. That was seven points that 
as an Oklahoma fan, you say, why didn't you go for it? And I tell you, the Raleigh has shown me that he has no faith I agree. in this. He has no faith in him. Just like you said, he didn't go for it on the fourth down. Yep. He proved it again yep. on the one-yard line with a nothing-to-nothing score. Yep. We can live with them getting the ball on right. the one-yard line. Right. You but would your think, defense hold them. Yeah, you would think if you don't make you're going to stop them. Yeah. yeah you, you, I, I, and I agree 100% with that, and I'm glad you said that because it's in my notes, and I didn't mention it before, but I mentioned it earlier. But I think that he knows at this point that his offense is not near as good as it has been in years right. past. Right, he knows And that. I saw him make some decisions that I've never seen him nope. make since nope. he's been I, at OU. I bet it has to be tough for him to – Oh, to, absolutely, to, absolutely. But you know what the difference is. He's, he doesn't have um, four offensive linemen going to the NFL off this line. Now, I do think Creed Humphrey will go to the NFL, and probably he's only a junior. He'll, I think he'll opt out early. He's the best offensive lineman we've got, but he actually didn't even play that well been super inconsistent but he's probably an nfl i mean you know what oklahoma is known for you can look around the nfl it is loaded with offensive linemen yep that man knows what he's doing yep we've got what do we have in the nfl right now not very many defensive players we got two starting quarterbacks we've got three starting running backs uh and probably eight to ten offensive linemen so of course, that's been the strength of your right. whole thing for the last seven to eight years. Uh, he don't have that right now. We, and, yep. and where did you lose that? I don't know. That's probably one of the other things that I'm frustrated about is how come Alabama just rolled Texas A&M? They yep. still are just rolling. Yep. No problem. Yep. They don't have down years down there. They have reload years. Well, K-State fans, here's my question for you to, to sit and ponder. Tell me what you think on our Facebook page as we post this. But uh, in our preseason predictions, I had K-State predicted 1-1 one and one after the Oklahoma game. We're, this is all before the Texas Tech game last weekend. But right. I had them winning Arkansas State, losing to Oklahoma. So flip that. We're still 1-1, one and one, but obviously those games were reverse. So – are you more positive on the team after the win against Oklahoma or more negative on the team after the loss against Arkansas State, especially now seeing Arkansas State get rolled by Coastal Carolina right. last week? So let me know what you think about that from a K-State standpoint. Uh, you know, I'm excited about K-State's, uh, K-State's running back is oh, really yep. good. So let's He's, talk about Deuce yeah, for Deuce, a second. Talk, talk, talk about K-State just a little so, bit. Yeah, so right now, Deuce, for those of you that don't know, um, is the only player in the nation with 200 rushing yards and 200 receiving yards. He's averaging 10 yards per touch. Have you ever told him how old ridiculous. he is? Ridiculous. Oh, he's a freshman. Yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, I'm telling you right now. You saw Will Howard last weekend as a quarterback when when Skylar Thompson got down. Skylar Thompson and Deuce Vaughn are going to be at K State for the next three. Or I'm sorry, not Skylar. Will Howard and Deuce Vaughn are going to be at K State for the next three years together, yep. and I think they have the potential to be a very good combination. So right now, Deuce is uh, in the Big Twelve. He's sixth in yards per carry, fifth in rush yards, first in yards per reception as a, and he's a running back. Third in receiving yards, first in yards from scrimmage, fifth in yards per play from scrimmage, and third in touchdowns scored. Not bad for a guy who didn't even start at running back in his first game. Not not bad, but I'm going to tell you something. He just played against OU's defense. That'll trump anybody's numbers up. He's the reason we beat Texas Tech. I mean, you get the quarterback yeah. knocked out early in the game. No, he's and, really uh, good. I'm just yeah. kidding. No, he's, he's really uh, good. How you doing, TR? So – the, the one thing that, that really drove me crazy, and, and I'm going to get negative uh, on something with K-State, and I don't know if this changes with Skylar Thompson potentially being out for a period of time or not. When you get first down and goal from the one-yard line, we'd all agree that you're playing college football, you should be able to get that yard. Bill Snyder did this. And Chris Kleiman's doing this, and it drives me crazy. You have an injured quarterback. At that point, it was commonly known that Skylar Thompson had a calf injury of some sort. He was limping around in that game against OU. First and goal from the one, and we run a quarterback sneak three times before we score. I feel like 
and I know maybe Deuce isn't the guy for that because he's a little guy. Yeah. But we have Jacardia Wright, who's a big, big, one of the biggest running backs K-State's had in a long time. What is it about our coaches that they don't want that running back to try to score? And we just keep quarterback sneak, quarterback sneak. We did it last year. Snyder did it for years. That just drives me crazy. One of the things I loved about Stoops was Quentin Griffin giving the ball. Uh, you know, they, they, they got, you remember the guy, that um, DeMarco Murray. Yep. Give him the ball. Feed the booger. Yep. yep. Um, I like that. I mean, but but at the same time, we talk about that, and, and uh, you got to have faith in your offensive line. You That's do. That's your big thing. Yep. And, and I get that to a point. I mean, I'm going to take you back a little bit, K-State fans, to the Nick Vick and Thick when we had two big-ass fullbacks and yep. it, you hand the ball to them, they're going to score. They're going to push those guys out of the way. And I get we well, don't have that, but to run the quarterback and risk an injury on a position right. at this point that's so important for your team is – I get it. Run a quarterback sneak. If you don't get it, try something different. Right. There's no reason to run that three well, times Well, you don't a have a belldozer like old Tanner's buddy, <laughs> the belldozer that comes in there at 6'8", or whatever, you know, how big he was. You you should talk a little bit more about K-State, but I'm going to tell you another. You guys have got a great running back there that's young. The Iowa State's running back, that Brees Hall. Mm-hmm. Do you know he's a he's a Kansas kid? Yes, Wichita, yeah. Wichita. Um, I, I had one little bit of a – I was a little bit offended by what his coach said after the game. His coach tweeted. Yeah, I saw that. Coach tweeted, I told Lincoln Riley he should come and get him. Hey, that's water under the bridge. There's good players that goes everywhere. Yeah. If the kid went to Iowa State and is doing great, do great. Why you got to blast Oklahoma on because he didn't recruit him? Well, I'm telling you right now, I get the situation in the running back with Oklahoma. With that said, I would tell you I would take the other three Oklahoma running backs before him. I mean, if they were playing, they'd all be better than him. Well, I mean, those kids come out of – Big 5A and 6A schools out of Texas. Yep. Brees Hall come out of Wichita. Yep. Plain. So yep. it's it's truly it's hard a different game. to yep. – It's hard to ju- – now, good for Brees Hall for being as good Absolutely. as he is. But let me yep. tell you how big he is. This is – he's Adrian Peterson size. He's 6'1", 220. Yep. That sucker – and then you look at Oklahoma's defense. He would – he abused our linebackers. Yep. He abused our defensive back. He's really – Iowa State is way better than Iowa State of seven years They ago. are. They are way better. And I absolutely despise Iowa State. I used to be a fan. I'm tired of their fans. I'm tired of the, what do you, you know, not like about their fans? Just that's the, a funny when, thing that you when, would say when they that. get on Twitter and talk about how good they are. So last year they had this whole thing to drive to nine because if you listen to their fans, you would think they were going to the playoffs. That they were a top four team in the country. The drive to nine was because they have never won nine games in program history in a wow. season. And they didn't do it last year. After the drive to nine, I think Matt Campbell is one of the most overrated coaches in the country. He can recruit. He's and There's no doubt he's getting some better players at Iowa State. But, Philip, if I told you that at this point in his career he's one game better than Paul Rhodes was at Iowa State, would that surprise you? Yeah, yeah, because he's beat, It's absolutely he's true. He's won some teams against some people Absolutely that are true. But he's beat some ranked teams. He has. That's his. Thing. But then he loses the shit teams. Yeah, I get right. that. But he'll lose to Oklahoma State every year. He'll lose to Texas yeah. Tech. Now let me tell you, he's something. one game better it's, than it's Paul Rhodes. It's funny that you would tell me this because uh, I listened to a podcast with Gabe Eichert and Teddy Lehman, and they told they they went to the game this weekend at Iowa State. Now it's an unusual year, of course, only half the fans are or whatever. But they said they're our favorite fans. In the in the stadium, in the stadium itself. So I'm gonna I'm gonna tag Mr. Uh, Gerard in this in this podcast. But I'm gonna tell you about my last trip to Iowa State. If you haven't ever been there, their stadium is next to KU for the worst stadium in the country. It's but haven't they put improvements in it in the last year? They, they did the, some stuff in one end one zone, end zone. Yeah. but yeah. it's a concrete. It's, it's it's horrible looking. Not that that matters. We bought tickets online a couple days before the game. It does when you start recruiting kids. It absolutely <laughs> does. We went there. We bought tickets a few days before the game and we drove there. It's an hour-ish past Des Moines. Yeah. 
this was the game when I don't know if you remember Jake Waters was a quarterback. K State was down by probably two or three touchdowns. Came back and ended up winning the game. I get that you're going to be a little grumpy about that situation, just like you were talking about. You're up 21 points. You should win that game. Yeah. Multiple times, the usher came over to us and told us we had to sit down. We couldn't stand and cheer for our team at a football game. At a football game. What I How ended old up, was this usher? <laughs> what I ended up finding out was apparently the tickets we bought online were in the faculty section. So some professor was getting tickets for free, oh selling God. them online. A lot of people complained about us. And we weren't like overly being douchebags or anything. Mm. We were cheering for the team when they would do something well. And he finally came to us and said, hey, one more time, I have to come down here and tell you guys to keep in your seat. I will escort and all you out of the stadium. And you standing up and cheering? And not standing up the you're whole game. popcorn. You're only cheering when something good happened for the team we uh, were rooting for. Hey, I'm going to tell you something about the Lloyd Noble Center in Norman. In my mind, In my mind, the worst basketball experience that you can have in the Big 12. It is the same, what you're saying. My mom and them, we, we bought season tickets for my mom for several years. And... Uh, People would stand up, and the old people behind would say, sit down, sit down. And this is during Buddy Hill's time. Yep. Of course yep. you're going to stand up. Yep. Buddy's hitting trees from the corner all day long, leading the country in scoring, goes to the Final Four. Here we are. Sit down. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I mean, it's, just, it's, not very, it's not a fun experience. It's yep. not like going, even over, over at yours, Bramlage, is that? Yep. Uh, can yep. say? A really fun experience if you're a if you're I wore OU clothes so not as fun for me right but literally everyone in the stadium's into it yep the yep. students are into it big time yep we don't even have a student section though yeah. it's horrible that's that's always been interesting to me when I've gone to basketball games at OU that there'll be a few students on the they, the student the sections ends. are on the end yep uh, there'll be a few people here and there just but, a horrible yep. place a good place to watch Van Halen a horrible place <laughs> to watch a basketball game well. Getting back on topic here real quick, we're, we're starting to run out of time, but uh, you know, one of the things I will mention on K-State outside of the quarterback situation right now with Texas Tech taking Skylar Thompson out and not knowing where that is, is through three games this year, the running backs and the tight ends for K-State have accounted for 68% of the receiving yards and 60% of the receptions. We absolutely, because teams are going to key on the run for us right now, especially with a new quarterback. We have to get the wide receivers involved. I don't. Wyking Gill's out for the year injury. If you haven't heard that, um, I don't know what the situation with Knowles. I mean, I thought he'd be wide receiver number one, and he's been non-existent. And then you've got uh, Chavisine Taylor, who's actually done pretty good. And I don't know what the deal is with Young Blood. He was. I think it was a disciplinary thing why he didn't play this weekend against Tech. Um, we have to get the wide receivers more involved. I said this a couple weeks ago to K-State fans that wanted Thompson benched for Howard, and I told you it's premature. Obviously, after the OU game, you're probably on my side of that again. One thing I want to, Two things I want to mention. Number one, Thompson is the only quarterback in program history to beat three top ten teams in his career. So, also, number two... The who'd biggest. Who did he beat? Oklahoma, Oklahoma, and who else? I don't know the answer to that. Who would the third one have been? Um, was Texas ranked when he beat Texas? Top was, ten, probably not. Texas hasn't been top ten in a while. Yeah. I'd have to think about that. Oh, look maybe that one Baylor, up. TCU. Uh, yeah, I don't know the answer. I, I don't I'll have know to go either, back and but, look at but, that. But, but but hey, how are you going to knock the kid? And then the, that? and then the biggest comeback in school history was the game against OU. So. Yeah. Um, and then the one thing I just want to throw in there just to uh, – because we haven't really talked about KU too much. Chris Kleiman in season number two at K-State, three games into season number two, has as many Big 12 wins as the KU football team has had since 2009. You know, the Oklahoma State – and we'll talk a little bit about Big 12 here for just a second. Me and Kevin did this. We said Texas, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, three top premier teams in the league. After next week, one of the two teams are going to lose, right? Oklahoma's either going to lose or Texas is going to lose. Yep. That's going to be – if Oklahoma loses, that's three losses in Big 12. They're out. Yep. If if Texas loses, 
That's two losses in the Big 12. They potentially are out. Not necessarily out, out but, but it's potentially going to be a yeah. Well, they could still potentially play in the Big 12 championship game if 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 that comes to fruition. But but basically now what I'm looking at is the best team in the Big 12, in my mind, is Oklahoma State. I, th- I agree with that. Um, now, to say K-State can't beat them, I don't know if they play K-State at home or if they play them I on the road. I think it's still water this year. But, uh, but K-State right now, you know, even these guys that are big OU guys, like I was talking about, uh, Taylor Lehman and Gabe Eichhardt, that said, watch their defensive backs. They're really good at Oklahoma State. Yeah. Now, here's yeah. what I said. I, I almost had a little laugh because Tulsa almost beat them. Right. Well, guess what? Tulsa's not too damn bad. So it's interesting you bring up Tulsa because I, I want to mention one thing, and that is so today CBS came out with their power rankings for the top 25 in the country. Yeah. And K-State's number 10. That's the highest in the Big 12. Iowa State 17, Texas 18, OU 21, TCU 25. They have Tulsa at 19. You, you, when, you, when you finish that game, and I thought Tulsa should have won the game at Oklahoma State. Now, if Tulsa would have finished the game and finished it strong against Oklahoma State and won the ball game, and then they just beat UCF this weekend. Yep. Yep. How in the hell does Tulsa win? Yep. I mean, now they're one one. Right. Of course. But had they beat Oklahoma State, they could be in the top twenty five right now. All right, let's get into some predictions here. So uh with that said, we've got K-State, TCU battling for the top of the Big 12 right. this weekend. Wouldn't That's have right. guessed that. K-State plus 10. You I'm assuming. A, you guys have got a K-State guy down at TCU, right? Uh, Gary Patterson. And yep. guess what? He loves to win that ball game. Yep. He wants to win yes, that ball does. game. Yes, he does. And I thought he would be our coach. Yep. We won't get into that. But I, K-State plus 10. Obviously, they're pricing in. the. They don't think Skylar Thompson is going to play, I would assume. The game is in Fort Worth. What, what what size did you take on a bet on that one? K-State plus 10 you at know, the, Fort Worth. The way that K-State has played the last couple of weeks, and uh, they, they've, they've, switched, they've switched from what they did in the first week. I still like it to be a very close ball game. Yep. And maybe I think be, 10's too much. Yeah. I think TCU's going to win personally, and I'm a K-State fan. I yeah. think if Skylar Thompson doesn't play, I think you key on the run, you make – the freshman quarterback just, throw the ball. I just think that the TCU coach been around the league a long time, and here we're going to go again. Probably be dead ass wrong. I hope so, Phil. Dead I wrong. hope so. But I think TCU should win the yep. game by I, three I, to five. Points. I would agree. I think I think you take K State plus ten, but I yep. think TCU is going to win the yep. game. So Red River Red River rivalry. That's a tongue twister. You know, over the years, over the years, you try to pick this game, and you just it will it will absolutely drive you. Nuts. The line is OU minus two. Yes, minus two. And I looked at that and said, "How in the world, if Sam El- the the quarterback at Texas is as good as they say he is as a senior, how does he uh, handle? I mean, how does he not beat us by three touchdowns? Yep. How does he not?" I mean, he's a he's a kid. If you listen to the game last week when Texas was losing last week, all that the media could say and the sports guys could say was, "This guy is phenomenal." Yep. Well, he does. They they have the same thing that uh, Iowa State has. They have big wide receivers. They've got a decent defense. I think Oklahoma will score, but I I would say I'm, and I hate to say it, I think they should win this year. I think Texas should win this year. Well, then and I'm going to take OU. I don't give scores, but uh, boy, we're 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 behind the eight ball on this to go one and three. You know, the last time that we went one, and th- we went zero oh and four in John Blake's uh, last year. We went uh, one and uh, two the first year. Believe it or not, Baker Mayfield's first year. We started the year one and two. We lost to Houston. Come home and won a game against somebody like Missouri State, and then went to Ohio, Ohio State, beat us yep. at Oklahoma, one yep. and two. Ended that year with only two losses. Oh, you now, is tied we, for with KU for the bottom of the Big bet. Twelve right now. And guess what? If we if we lose that game, <laughs> then the next week we go to TCU. The week after that we go to Texas Tech. I yeah. mean, then the week after that's Kansas. Our first win potentially could be against Kansas. I don't want to think that, but it's a little bit spooky. Yep. You better change things in a hurry. Yep. But I do. I. I'm gonna I'm gonna give it up to a senior quarterback against a freshman quarterback and say Elwood should win that ball game. I think I think OU is gonna come out early. 
I think there's going to be a little urgency on their side. I think Riley's going to pull out some things he hasn't tried yet this year just to try to get up early. Yeah. I think I think OU's going to get an early lead and just kind of coast. Well, Not, I'll tell you this. I say coast. I, I think I don't think it's I think it's going to be a game, but I think they're going to come out early, get the lead. I don't think they're going to lose it. So I'm going to go OU on. Well, that I'm game. going to I'm driving down to Oklahoma. Normally, like we said in the past couple of years, me and Mark McDaniel and we've went a couple times, and uh, you you know we can't go this year. But I'm telling you, if anybody is in the Big 12 fan that just wants to go to a game that's a different type of game. I'm in. Let's just go. Just to go, the fairground is – the Friday night if before I'm, If I'm is free, a, we're going next the, year. The Friday night before is a celebration. I mean, they do stuff on the West End in Dallas. They used to always do stuff up and down um, the main drive there in downtown Dallas and uh, have a parade the night before and everything. It all ends at the West End. It's it's a it's a it's a bowl game atmosphere in your fourth and fifth game of the year that at times has been some of the funnest times of my life. At sometimes been the worst times yep. of my life. But but uh, you know more teams should do it. I remember the day that Missouri used to come over and play. Did Missouri play K State at the Chief Stadium? Did they play? No, that was Iowa State. Farmageddon. I. I don't believe we've ever played Missouri at Arrowhead. I wish more schools would do what Oklahoma, Texas does because if you did it once a year, Oklahoma, uh, K State, Nebraska would have been a great deal to do that. Do it it at the Chiefs Stadium every year. Go somewhere and play. It's just a different. Well, there's rumors that K State, Nebraska might be coming pretty soon. So we uh, we have Nebraska the next two years. Yep. Um, I hope we get better. Yep. well, we're uh, we're running really long on time. Um, I knew this would be a long podcast. We had a lot to talk about, um, so I apologize for the length of time. A couple things I want to get to here before we close. So the uh, the initial discussion on OU quarterback versus KU, the official count at this point, Spencer Rattler ten. KU seven. So Rattler still has yep. the lead on still that. So, lead. and I don't think he's going to lose it. I, I, well, we all bet on Rattler winning that. Yeah. So, and then uh, as, as we've started season two here, just to end things, um, you know, we wanted to do a one last thing. We've talked about some things that weren't or weren't real local, but there's something that I saw on Facebook the other day. I wanted to uh, close this podcast with. Um, for those of you that are in this area, um, I've probably seen this already, but we got word this week that the uh, Brookville Hotel was closing. They had a post on social media that due to COVID and lack of traffic that they were going to be forced to close. 125 years they've been open. Same family has ran the restaurant all 125 years. It's a sad day for us. if everyone that's grown up in this area has had has memories of that place. Oh, at least you've eaten there um, multiple times. Whether it's, you know, the old location in Brookville and the great sewer smell they had there <laughs> to uh, the new location, Abilene. You've had a family celebration. You've met some friends there. Um, definitely a sad, sad situation. Do you remember? So, do you remember seeing buses stop there? I mean, all the people time. on bus tours would stop there. all the time. Now, my, some of the best fried chicken I've ever had in my life. The 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 sad thing about it is that that it's closing. But the the other thing is, what if the economy turned around in the next year to two years? Are you going to tell me that thing's going to stay closed forever? Would somebody else not jump in, or would the family be able to jump back in there and get back on it in a year or two? I understand right now rent, electric, gas, and you don't have the customers. But in a couple of years, if things are going back, I would love to hope that it could come back because it's got to be something that's, uh, uh, yep. after 125 years, hey, if they opened back up, we'd be the first ones there. Yep. No, definitely a sad day. Um, I hate to see that. Unfortunately, I'm afraid it's not going to be the last one we see around here. But uh, definitely, uh, you know, like I said, it's 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 a situation where everybody that's grown up here or lived here for a period of time has memories of the place. Hate to see it go. I'm, I'm guilty of probably not supporting it as much as I should have, especially since I moved to Abilene. But uh, definitely a sad day for that. Yeah. So You know, we, we ate a uh, – 
at a place I saw on Facebook that Tom Loudis had said, this Mamoya? Mamoya, yep. Mamoya? Yep. We saw it on Facebook, and I, I told Lisa, I said, Kevin has uh, mentioned that it's really good. Yep. So me and Lisa have been there now three times. Um, really good. So, I mean, yep. let's try to support our local Absolutely. businesses as much as Absolutely. we can support them. We still do, you know, Tony's place downtown yep. and the local yep. guys. Man, get out and support We'll, we'll get into that because we have some new restaurants open up in town. I've been to some of them a couple times. Some of them I haven't been to yet. Maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll do a podcast. We do, one we of do those, need to talk about because there are yep, a couple that's yep, absolutely. Fine. So, well, uh, that that's going to end our podcast for today. Again, Beat I apologize Texas. Beat for Texas. Uh, that's all I want <laughs> for how long this went. Um, but we will be back in a couple weeks with the uh, episode number four. Thanks for yep. listening. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Kevin and Philip Project Podcast. If you would like more information about our podcast, guests, and to join in on the discussion, please visit our Facebook page, www.facebook.com slash Kevin Philip Project. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to our podcast and tell your friends about us.